right. Welcome back to the Doomer Bloomer podcast with Will S. Uh, we're talking about the hero's journey, uh, the nine pillars of business life, uh, getting you all from the Doomer to Bloomer path. Uh, today on the podcast, I have a gentleman named Nicholas. How do you pronounce your last name, Nick? It's Nick Prouton, and it's a pleasure to be here, Will. All right. Nick uh, lives in Kelowna, uh, but his mind is in the future. <laughs> what? Uh, go ahead. No, no, no. I said that's nice of you to say. I've always thought of myself as a bit of a time traveler. Yeah. time. There you go. He's a, he's a crypto time traveler. Uh, so, uh, what is your, what is your specialty? What's your background, Nick? Let's start there. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll be honest. I'm a bit of a generalist. If you could identify my key role, uh, in specialty, it's being a Swiss army knife. Uh, everything outside of development is kind of within my purview within, uh, the load project specifically, um, the project I'm part of, uh, today, my, my key focus is acting, uh, sort of as the de facto VP of product. So, um, I also do spearhead a lot of the marketing initiatives within the project, although the team is 70, 70 people strong at this point. So uh, it's not a small operation. Uh, we've been around for about four years. And um, when it comes to uh, how do we build this product in a way that is um, scalable and uh, intuitive, so to speak, alongside how do we bring this to market at scale? You know, that's really the purview that I fall within. Excellent. And let's just say that you've never heard of Bitcoin. Uh, you've never heard of blockchain. Uh, you don't. What's a what's a what's cryptocurrency? Uh, can you just give a, an overview of, to people? You know, let's let's say I'm grandma. What's explain explain Bitcoin to grandma for me, please? It's digital gold. <laughs> it, <laughs> no, it's, di- it's, it's digital gold, no, no. grandma. Yeah, it's digital fill your gold, pockets. Grandma. Fill your pockets, grandma. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm of course, I'm of course joking there. If I'm talking to a, so uh, cryptocurrencies and blockchain uh, on a larger on a larger scale is a technology that uses a consensus algorithm, meaning that it uses several computers uh, to process and uh, agree upon a transaction um, to basically act as the the intermediary where traditionally a bank or a financial institution would do that service for you. That's probably the most concise way that I could put it. So rather than having to depend on, um, you know, institutions like Visa and MasterCard, or uh, as I mentioned before, your bank um, to, to verify and validate the transfer of value, we can now depend on this technology, this algorithm to do it on our behalf. And that is essentially what a blockchain is. So you're talking peer-to-peer transaction, uh, like a like a handshake, right? Yeah, a peer-to-peer a peer-to-peer handshake is probably the simplest way that you could you could describe it. Um, you know, um, cryptocurrencies are the easily the most commonly you e- e- common use case for. Uh, a blockchain technology, but you know, as the industry develops, we're seeing lots of interesting initiatives take place um, for for other use cases. You know, things like energy, uh, medical records, real estate, uh, anywhere where uh, a ledger or a documentation is uh, central to the to the service. You know, a blockchain could be applied there, and it could be very very valuable depending on how you're using it. Okay, excellent. So you uh, you've been in the so you've been with load for for four years uh how long have you been in the in the space for uh, you know yeah a little bit longer than that i would say i would say uh you know just a little bit ahead of the curve there um i worked for another blockchain project uh, just prior to the the big uh cryptocurrency boom you know i'm talking early 2016 or so um you know unfortunately the project fell through didn't, didn't end up being the massive success that we anticipated it would be, but that's okay. That's a big part of uh, tech, uh, you know, fail fast, fail often, learn from it, grow. Um, and it was interesting as well. For me, when I really started taking an interest in cryptocurrency was I was helping an e-commerce platform and uh, I was uh, approached uh, by, by one of this client and saying, hey, we'd like to start accepting uh, Bitcoin and XRP. And of course, I'm like, 
okay, well, what's wrong with regular money, <laughs> you know? And, but my journey, my journey spanned out from there. And, you know, five years later, um, you know, I, I honestly think that most, um, financial transactions, you know, five to 10 years from now will, will be conducted on a blockchain. You know, if you follow the money and you take a look at the, at the players that are coming into the space now, it's becoming really evident that this is the way things are migrating, uh, huge, uh, you know, banks, everybody from JP Morgan Chase to, to TD are, are investigating, if not having full blown blockchain departments, you've got hedge funds now throwing huge chunks of their portfolio into, uh, into blockchain and into Bitcoin specifically. And then of course you have the, the, uh, the internet heartthrobs like Elon Musk now publicly advocating. Uh, for this as well. So I think if you if you sit back and you take a look at it on a macro scale, I think, um, you know, blockchain is is here to stay and it's it's the future of finance. Do you think uh, Dogecoin is a good investment, Nick? Oh, my God, that's such a complicated question. I, <laughs> that, was, know, that was that was facetious. I, I, I'm generally being facetious. And also, full full discretion, I never we never we never tell people on the show to invest their life savings or or endorse specific coins here's, or anything like that. We just talk in generalities here. No, I, I feel you. Uh, here's here's how I'm going to spin it to you. Uh, it, for all the video gamers out there, Dogecoin is an advanced token. That's how I'm going to put it. If you are an experienced trader, if you are if you understand uh, you know how the cryptocurrency market works, if you have a solid portfolio and you've been in this a few years and you know how to trade, maybe Dogecoin is something you want to take a look at. I would not recommend um, beginners, people just entering the space, um, you know, newbies and neophytes, if you will. Uh, I would not recommend that Dogecoin as an opportunity for you. Yeah, I I, had, I 100% agree. And I think most of the time, Elon Musk's tweets are meant to be taken as as a joke. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what? It's funny. It's a joke, but at the same time, he's not—he's not an idiot either. Like I think him and Jeff Bezos are presently presently battling it out for world's richest man. Uh, you know, he farts—he farts, and the world feels it. You know, um, you know, he goes on the Joe Rogan podcast and he smokes a joint, and you know, his stock collapses. He tries to buy it back and take it private. He knows exactly what he's doing, and I actually think it's kind of dangerous in that respect mm-hmm. because. Um, he knows that he's got this like, you know, fan base that, that will, that will buy into whatever he pushes. So I think you got to be careful with, with personalities like that because their inter- their intentions are not always altruistic. Nope. That's, that's hundred percent accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just coming back to your, your journey, uh, cause we talk about the hero's journey and your doomer to bloomer path. Uh, what what is your story nick like what's your hero's journey what's your doomer to bloomer path like where 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 are you at yeah for sure i mean where where am i at in my journey i mean i think i was probably a, a doomer you know maybe like 20 2015 2014 time frame there it's not to say that my life was bad but um i was working in the entertainment industry and you know it that's not an industry that I really think is for everyone forever, unless you're, you're, you know, working with the likes of Lady Gaga and, you know, the big, the big dogs out there, unless you've really, really made it, that is uh, a, a career trajectory where your where your time is limited. And so it became very apparent that uh, I needed to take the skill set that I had developed it and apply it to a different industry. Um, you know, got into cybersecurity um, and I fell in love really fell in love with, um, you know, the idea of tech bringing value to people of, of, you know, bringing, um, good things to people's lives through technology. And the cybersecurity project I was working on, uh, was a moderation software that prevented pedophiles from getting to kids on MMORPGs. So as you can imagine, that's a really inspiring, real valid application of technology. And so, um, you know, I worked in that for a bit and it was an awesome experience. Um, but then I, you know, you kind of hit a plateau, right? Mm-hmm. You plateau and, and you're like, how do I grow beyond where I'm at right now? Sort of a death and rebirth, rebirth sort of uh, piece of my entrepreneurial journey, right? Which is when uh, I started to look at, you know, migrating into business consulting and, 
which inevitably led to blockchain. We've spoken about through that. So that has been uh, a fantastic sort of journey where I'm at right now. I think it's more along the lines of transformation. I think, um, I don't think you should ever complete your hero's journey fully. I think, you know, I'm one of the mindset that you should always, always, always be learning. Um, and the cycle never fully closes, you know, um, you, you, you certainly hit your plateaus and you could argue maybe different chapters, maybe different novels and each of those carry their own arcs and twists. But I'm a big fan of, of always living in that transformational space and always being of the mindset that you are going to have to adapt. I think that's like a fundamental law of nature is like adapt or die. Right. And I, I try to apply that to my life. Yeah. It's evolution, right? Um, you know, if it's too hot, get out of the kitchen. <laughs> you know and and that's not, that can sound a little callous but uh but nature doesn't really care right and and it's not personal and uh if you're gonna make it and and similarly society doesn't care i think we have altruistic intentions and aspirations where we want to take our society i don't think anybody truly in their heart of hearts wants people to be suffering but um, it's dirty, it's complicated, and we're not there yet. And until we've reached Star Trek levels of utopian society, <laughs> it's going to be a dog eat dog world. We're 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 not even close to tier one yet. Yeah, we're not even close to tier one yet. Um, so yeah, ho- hopefully that answers your question. A little long winded, but no, it's 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 your it's your it's your it's your time. I'm just here to facilitate uh, the knowledge that you bring to the table and hopefully other people, other doomers and, and hopefully bloomers in the future will get, uh, get what they, what they can out of it. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I'm glad, uh, I'm glad that you uh, brought that up. Um, you know, what is, uh, what is one thing that you wish you'd known when you began your career? You said you were in entertainment. So just, you're talking like concert promotions or what would you, yeah, would- I, 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 at the time was running, um, was running clubs and, uh, promoting events, creating events, just working in a, you know, the nightlife and music industry. And one thing I wish I'd known when I started my career and honestly careers are kind of like cat lives. You know, I think most people will go through multiple careers in their lifetime. Um, I think the standard is somewhere around five, but, um, don't fear, the competition and don't be scared to talk to people about what you are doing. I think um, there is this big uh, belief within entrepreneurialism, within uh, startup culture of, you know, I'm a self-made man, you know, I did it all myself and nobody helped me. You know, that is such nonsense. No man is an island. Uh, and behind every massive success, even the Gary V's of the world, which will produce what I like to call struggle porn, um, you know, there is a team of people that are supporting and lifting these people up. So get out of your comfort zone and start talking to people and start leveraging, um, you know, their networks as well as your own networks, because they're going to give you the inroads that are going to become the foundations of the teams and the people that are going to support your project to success. Yeah. You're, you're basically saying that your vibe, your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Um, um yes 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 and no i i don't yes and no think, yeah <laughs> yeah yes Go yes ahead. and no i mean your your vibe attracts your tribe for sure but um at the same time i don't ever want to live in an echo chamber i think it's no, really prudent that people uh surround themselves with the kinds of people that are going to call the call it as they see it and tell you the facts um because living in that echo chamber is dangerous because you're you're decoupling yourself from reality and what you think is a great idea could be a freaking terrible idea and if you have people that just don't want to hurt your feelings or just want to take a paycheck um it's it's not going to end well in the at the end of the day so you know yeah your vibe attracts your tribe but um i it's not always natural either like it can be very discomforting to ask for help to ask, especially if it's somebody who might be uh, doing something similar to you, um, you know, it may feel very unintuitive. Whereas I think the idea of like your vibe attracts your tribe is like, if you, if you just, you know, kind of will it, people will come to you. And I don't want that out there. It's a proactive thing you got to do. Um, but don't be scared of competitors, you know, because 
I think there's enough room in the ocean for everybody. And, um, and you'll be, you'll be surprised, right? Like even within this project, we've talked to, uh, you know, competitors or people that are working in a, a somewhat competitive uh, space to us and they've opened tons of inroads for us. Right. So not everybody, it, just because you're competitors doesn't necessarily mean you're enemies, I guess. Well, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> hey, that's true. So, and if you if you guys true. are are all trying to solve a common problem, I think that's a great perspective to take on. Well, and let's just circle back to your 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 project here because, uh, for me, it, it kind of it kind of it really struck a chord because it brings it brings cryptocurrency. Uh, from a nebulous sort of space where what's this, what's this digital, you know, Bitcoin is, you know, mind, how is Bitcoin mind versus, mm-hmm. you know, electronically mining? That makes no sense. And then, so your, your, your project is essentially a crypto asset that's backed, backed by physical gold or physical silver, right? Yeah, correct. So what's commonly referred to as a stable coin in the cryptocurrency market is a currency that is backed by a commodity uh, or a a physical tangible asset uh, to some extent. Um, What we do specifically is we take real physical gold and physical silver and we tokenize it and we put it on the blockchain and we produce two different stable coins uh, respectively, AGX, which is uh, one one gram of vaulted audited and insured silver per coin, and AUX, which is one milligram of vaulted audited and insured uh, gold. Um, that's about you know between five and ten cents, depending on the day. Um, and the reason that we did such small denominations is to make it really easily accessible to people. Um, you know, gold especially is is uh, kind of costly to buy into. And through this project, we're actually able to cut out a lot of the premiums uh, that people presently experience in the precious metal space, which can be as high as 50% in some circumstances if you're going to a, going to a bullion dealer. Um, you know, there is at its heart uh, the, the firm belief that gold and silver are money uh, within the load project. Um, for most of the world's history, we used gold and silver uh, all over the world, you know, not just in, in, in Europe and in western world but uh, you know in china and and basically uh, globally we've used these assets uh to act as money and even up until 1971 we had uh our our the u.s dollar and most of the world's dollars backed by some form of uh gold and silver uh you know we've migrated away from that and what's happened is you know the the u.s dollar has depreciated almost 90 percent Right. In terms of in terms of its purchasing power, what we're seeing is uh, the erosion of uh, the middle class. And and I think that uh, the inflation, you know, plays a pretty heavy role in that. And gold and silver have this great reputation as hedges against inflation and and uh, as safe haven assets to protect your wealth in times of crisis. So we believe that by putting these assets back out into the world, we can take all the benefits of blockchain technology uh, and and combine them with with the physical metals to create a superior form of uh, currency that can be used, um, you know, as a speculative vehicle as you want, but also to go to go buy coffee and go pay for your groceries and live your life. Do you have an app for that? <laughs> Do we have an app for that? There's always an app for that. Yes. So, um, you know, we haven't been resting on our laurels. We don't just produce those currencies. Um, you know, as of, to, as of today, he's recording, you know, we just announced our first listing with, um, with the hotbed exchange. Um, you can look them up on CoinMarketCap. Um, but in addition to producing these currencies, we do have a mobile wallet experience. It's really easy to use. Load pay. Look it up on the iOS or Android stores. You can get an account going in about 30 seconds and start buying your first amounts of digital gold and silver if you're interested. Um, and we're very rapidly adding more and more features onto that, such as the ability to, you know, add uh, and hold your fiat balances, as well as buy, you know, some of the most common cryptocurrencies out there, your Bitcoins, Ethereum's, and so on and so forth. And that's been a really exciting initiative um, as well. What I really like personally for me um is i find a lot of newbies within cryptocurrency have a little bit of hesitation to going all in because they hear all this uh, uh this notoriety around bitcoins and cryptocurrencies for their volatility 
So with a stable coin like uh, you know AGX or AUX, your digital gold and digital silver, you can basically tiptoe your way into the market. Uh, you know these assets uh, are some of the the biggest commodities in the world. Um, they are very very stable compared to cryptocurrency, and uh, and because of that, you know you can you can start stacking with that, and then when you're ready, incrementally switch over to Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies as your comfort grows around it. That's just the approach that I take with it, though, and uh, hopefully that's valuable for for some of the listeners out there as well. I. Uh... Just talking about this makes me hungry to go back into the into the space again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of really interesting developments in the space as well. You and I were talking just before recording about how there was a kind of uh, I don't want to say it jumped the gun, but the market was a little immature. You know, uh, it made a it was a huge uh, wealth generation event that lifted a lot of uh, people out uh, into prosperity, and uh, there was this huge exuberance and enthusiasm. But what it lacked was um business acumen and practical application in a lot of senses um you know the ui ux around uh around bitcoin and blockchain was like running into a, bl- a brick wall and i think now the market's come a long way where you have apps like ours and a lot of competitors out there that make using bitcoin and cryptocurrencies an easy experience for people meaning that um you know it's much easier for businesses to adopt this into their into their uh their practices right um to accept these payments to do invoicing in these payments uh and and even even just as simple as pricing right um you know the speculative value is nice but if we ever want to if we ever want to reach that mass adoption that people like to harp about in the media um we need to get to the point where it's as uh easy to use as a credit card right grandma shouldn't go to the store and think about how does a blockchain work and how do I send my Bitcoin? And it's a, she just needs to go tap, be done, right? That's really where the industry needs to migrate before we're going to see a true, true global adoption of not speculators, but practical uh, users using this as, as functional currency. Because right now, um, I would argue that Bitcoin isn't a currency. I would argue it's a store of value, right? It's got slow transaction speeds. It's um you know it's highly speculative and even if um even if let's say that volatility wasn't a factor people do not want to practically use bitcoin because it will appreciate right your your five dollars could be ten dollars by the time you leave the store you know and it's difficult for people to want to use that as a functional currency when they think they're going to be missing out on gains so um you know, I think there, is, and I think this is part of the reason why you've seen the emergence of stable coins over the past few years, is because um, you know we've realized that while Bitcoin, Bitcoin kind of represents the cryptocurrency industry as a whole, and it has established itself as a sound store of value, and it's kind of the granddaddy of it all. Um, we haven't yet found um, the sort of equivalent when it comes to a medium of exchange that makes sense yeah they're they're you know it's like you said before it's an evolution it's always evolving i mean bitcoin was the first so obviously it's it's got its it's it's got its problems <laughs> uh you know and all the way down to all the way down to to stable coins and uh i i personally am a big advocate of of rip of ripple um yeah. but that's that's just just me um but uh yeah i really i really see a lot of uh like i I, i'm glad that i'm glad we connected i like i really see a lot of value to what you bring uh there the the thing i just i just noticed is that uh you allow you allow people to to bring it says join the load community and start bringing your idle silver to work so you you allow people with silver to to join your network yeah absolutely so uh we do have a third asset that that we put out there it's a uh it's a perpetual bond is what's classified as it's known as the load token uh and this is for people who want to come in and play uh you know get get some equity and get some skin in the game um you know this pays a dividend in the form of of silver uh every 52 days 
And um, it's really, uh, and you have the opportunity to participate by contributing what we like to call your idle silver or gold. Uh, and when I say idle, I mean it's collecting dust in your sock drawer, right? It's not doing anything. Um, so in this sense, you can put it into circulation as currency. We take the silver and gold that you that you use to purchase these load tokens. We um, we tokenize it into the AGX and AUX, and then we circulate it out into the world to become practical and and useful and uh, you know tradable. And in exchange, as the system grows, you receive a, a dividend in in precious metals. Um, so that is the third option that we have on our platform presently for people who are interested in, you know, getting their skin in the game and helping build a system like this, you know, um, and and yeah, people are able to to either deliver their existing silver and gold, or they can buy directly from a, a, a bullion dealer and um, and get the the precious metals contributed that way, or you can buy with your credit card and, and debit card as well. We'd like to make it, but we figured that since this is a precious metals based system, that we should, you know. Put our money where our mouth is, and and uh, and you know allow people, you know, longtime silver gold bugs and enthusiasts to to contribute their assets and making the system come to life. Where is your guys's vault? Uh, vaults, plural. So we have uh, vaults all over the world. Um, you know, uh, Canada, the United States, uh, I think New Zealand, uh, Singapore. Um, you know, I can get a full, if you're interested in the, all the details of all the locations of our vaults, I can't remember them all off the top of my head. You can head over to load.one and we do have our project paper available on there and it outlines where, where the vaults are located. But we, we take a very distributed approach um, to it. Um, this is, you know, uh, risk mitigation. Um, you know, lots of conspiracy theorists might say, oh, what if a government does this? Which is why you don't want all your assets sitting in one place. Uh, and really, um, the number of vaults that we have continues to increase as we get into more and more regions and we find new and new partners in each region that makes it sustainable for us, right? Um, the idea is that this is a, a global distributed project for people by people. Um, and, and so we think, uh, you know, providing a distributed vaulting system is part of that. Okay. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I love it. Just want to make sure that, you know, <laughs> Hey, is Nick, is Nick legit? Yeah. Nick's legit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I get it. And it, it's, it's, I'm glad that you're asking these questions, right? There are lots of shit coins out there. Lots of uh, projects that are really vacuous and empty um, that don't have real use cases. And um, you know, that because of that, the entire space warrants a lot of scrutiny. Um, but that's part of the reasons we've worked for the past four years with regulators hand in hand uh to 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 bring this to the world in a, in a safe and compliant manner because you're talking about an industry where you wake up one day and, and you know oh it's all banned you know it's like china's banning bitcoin go to sleep and then you know you come you wake up again and it's it's all good so it's uh it's it's tricky waters to navigate but you know i think we've done a very good job of doing that and our our uh, our documentation speaks for itself really excellent I uh, no, I I I love it. Uh, are you the the only Canadian component of the team, or where where the rest of your team? So Load is actually comprised of a series of service providers, right? Um, and in the combination of all the different service providers and people who are directly working on the project, that amounts to about seventy people. the The service provider that I'm a part of is a Canadian based company, and we provide development services and product design. Um, um, that being said. Um, you know, we've got people in France, the United Kingdom, the Middle East. Um, we've got people in Switzerland. We've got people in Germany, uh, you know, regulated under the Boffin. Um, you know, so, so it really is a very, very, uh, and we've got people in the United States as well, of course. In fact, we have a whole Delaware corporation. So really, this is a global project made up of a global community of people, um, you know, that come in to support the mandate of the project. Uh, right now, the governance is, you know, uh, is is conducted through uh, what is a pretty traditional corporate structure. Um, but this is an interim step to to build the project and get it to a sustainable point. At which point, um, you know, a lot more measures for community driven implementation will come into play. You know, we do want the system to be something that is governed by the the low token holders and by the people who who bought into the project. And so, as as the project um, 
becomes more and more widely adopted and, and widely circulated and the, the systems become stronger, um, this this sort of uh, corporate body can then take a sort of step back into the background and let the vote token holders, you know, take the reins, so to speak. No, that, that makes sense. It's kind of like the democratization of uh, cryptocurrency in a sense. Yeah, we, exactly. We like to call it the, the socialization of gold and silver. It's kind of our... Social- <laughs> the socialization of gold and silver bringing back the gold standard i mean why not I, right? well i mean i i think you're right i think the abolishment of the gold standard has caused we talk about this i talked about this on the podcast before and i follow others in that space uh, specifically stefan arnio wrote a book hard times create uh weak men weak men create hard times yeah i'm familiar uh, with this with the saying yeah and we've uh, we've we've reached an eighty-year cycle since World War II in 19, 1945 to to nineteen or two thousand and twenty. We had a global event that was the COVID crisis. <laughs> still in the middle of that, and uh, things are still unfolding. Uh, hard to say yeah, what's going to happen, I, right? It really is, and I mean uh, the turbulence. Uh, you know, to a different metaphor from the one you used, uh, the weak men, strong men metaphor, but pressure creates diamonds, right? Um, and, and uh, you know, through through turbulence and through friction, I think innovation is is when excel- the acceleration of innovation really, you know, comes forward. Uh, we saw this happen in the Cold War. That's a great example of that. My question is, you know, there are lots of people drawing parallels to, you know, the the, the roaring 20s and, you know, the, the previous major pandemic that hit there with the, I think the Spanish flu it was. Uh, and they're saying, oh, it's going to be like the roaring 20s. And I'm like, I don't know about that so much. Are we, are we, are we the United States in that circumstance during the roaring 20s? Or are we, are we more like Germany, which was not having such a great time, <laughs> you know, in the years, in the years that followed you know, because we have seen a lot of instability uh, mm-hmm. in in what was formerly the the bastion of freedom in the world. You know, the Team America, World Police, and all those institutions are now shaken up. You know, uh, we've seen how easily manipulated and fractured they are, and then you've seen China emerge as a global player as well, and you see a lot of posturing and a lot of. Um, uh, you know, power plays being moved in in espionage as well from from Russia. Uh, so you know. Nobody really knows where it's going, but I think it's safe to say that um, you should probably take a look at building yourself a digital strategy for your wealth that is autonomous uh, and not, um, you know, completely controlled by any central government. You know, some thing Canadians, especially because I know you're Canadian as well, may not be aware of is that Canada has a bail-in policy with banks. You know, you've heard of bailout, but the bail-in basically means that if you have money in the bank, they can take it in a time of crisis if they need to, which means that you could lose all your cash if anything were ever to happen. That's a really scary premise to be in. Your whole life savings sitting in TD Bank could go up in smoke, right? It's funny, funny you should mention, mention that. I'm, a, uh, I'm, about, I'm about to pull out everything from TD Bank. <laughs> they, don't, yeah, they, I, they, don't, they don't know that yet, but that, that's what's happening. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag sorry hashtag sorry not sorry uh <laughs> sorry not sorry but um but yeah you know so i think that if we're that turbulence isn't going anywhere it can be a really prosperous thing it can lift a lot of people out of uh bad situations like we've seen with the cryptocurrency boom but if you haven't yet you should start looking at having a digital strategy to protect your wealth no matter so that if shit does hit the fan that you're that you're good no matter what you know yeah and even better that it's backed by physical gold or silver. You have a kind of a double, double, double-edged sword there. Double whammy. Uh, you know that's a great point, a point to make. Um, but you know, without being too much of a shameless self-promoter, uh, most prudent financial planning would suggest you probably stick ten percent of your portfolio in in gold or silver. Digital gold, digital silver is a great way to do that. You cut down on you know vaulting storage fees. There's, and you can get it at a rate that is far more available than what you can do when you go to your local bullion dealer. Um, you know, the reasons are numerous. So yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a one, two punch combination, but, uh, but even if you don't have any gold or silver right now, or you don't want to buy digital gold and silver, I'd recommend going and grabbing some for yourself. Cause it's a pretty safe bet. You know, if you look at the track record. 
Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to buy a gold, a gold mine. So, uh, <laughs> that, that's my long-term plan to own a gold mine. Hey, why not? Right. It's worked. It's worked great so far. Um, you know, and, and there are a lot of advocates out there from precious metals, uh, and mining companies, Keith Newmeyer's first majestic, as well as some of the people calling for triple digit silver, which would be incredible. Uh, there's this huge idea that, that silver and gold are uh, under undervalued or that they are suppressed in some circumstances. And so, um, you know, now is definitely still a good time to buy into that market if you're a speculator or investor. would like to say, though, that, you know, all I'm talking on right now is is speculation. I'm not a financial advisor, as I mentioned before. I'm a, I'm a product designer and a, and a marketer. Uh, and the Swiss Army knife. <laughs> so, right. so yeah. you know, go go verify go verify everything uh, that is said today. Do your own research, and, and you know, if you need to go seek a professional. But those that's the world as I see it right now. No, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you said I'm glad you said that because I'm I'm exactly the same. I don't advocate for people to 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 do or not do something. We're just we're just here, you know, trying to get the information about stuff out. Uh, what advice uh, would you give to someone wanting to uh, pursue a career similar to yours? Well, back in 2017, there were only about 7,000 blockchain developers out there. Um, and the number has grown considerably. Uh, and, you know, that's that's an approximation, that 7,000 number. But very, very, very small compared to the number of, say, standard developers out there or even full stack developers out there. Um, so it is a very, very niche industry, uh, and still is to this day. It's still what I consider early days, meaning that you have time to become an industry leader, set yourself up, you know, uh, and, and, um, be a real player in the space. Um, that being said, go look for projects with real, real vision behind them, real practical applications, um, you know that are that are, that have real thought process around what they're doing. There is a lot of projects out there that are just empty cryptocurrencies, and they don't really merit much attention. Or you know they're just there for the pump and dumps. And you don't want to get burned by something like that, or have your name associated with a project like that. Um, so so look for those core use cases, um, and and you know understand what you want to do within those industry, and then pursue those projects. Like I think almost all major exchanges. And, and most major cryptocurrency projects out there are looking to hire right now. So it's a, it's a good time to get in, especially as things are relevant right now in the media cycle. So as a software developer or what, what sort of background do you think would be the best for, for crypto? Well, I mean, I think, uh, the, again, developers are, are really, uh, in demand, um, are, are really in demand right now. However, uh, I think it's a pretty wide open right now. If you have somebody with legal expertise or you're somebody who is uh, interested in pursuing a career in law, um, there's a huge need for, uh, you know, uh, for people who are experienced with crypto and taxation and the laws around, uh, regulatory laws around cryptocurrency. Um, but I do think there is a real felt need for just about all spaces within uh, within the blockchain uh, industry, you know, uh, people like myself who are marketers and product designers who can take the concepts uh, and and the technical application of cryptocurrency and distill it down to something that's easy to use. Uh, and people who have experience in bringing products to market who are good at getting the word out there about uh, what people are doing. Um, like these are all valuable skills that are, are somewhat universal, right? And they're, and this industry is is doing nothing but growing. Right. It's not going anywhere. I think I've mentioned it a little bit earlier, but almost all, I think in five to 10 years, almost all financial transactions are going to be carried out on the blockchain, meaning that it's a pretty blue ocean. Right. So if you are passionate about the space, there is the opportunity, but you do have to have a little bit of a go-getter attitude out there. People aren't just going to naturally find you. You gotta, you gotta research what is interesting to you and reach out to those people. But I think you'll find that most of them have career pages and that they're pretty open to uh new candidates yeah i would say probably linked linkedin is probably a good place good place to start that's how i make most of my connections yeah absolutely i mean if you have a you know also big fan of the the what is it the six degrees of separation logic mm -hmm. as well right um and and this is why i was going talking to earlier about don't be afraid of talking to your network and your network's network 
right? Um, you'd be surprised who knows who and how that can generate inroads for you. So, um, you know, who knows if you're interested in getting into blockchain, reach out to me and I might be able to connect you to somebody. If I, if we're not looking for somebody in load, then, then maybe we can find you, or I know somebody who is in another project that is, that is looking to hire. Right. You heard it here that first. Like that social, yeah, <laughs> that social networking is just incredibly powerful, man. Get out of your comfort zone. I know it's trickier because of COVID. We all used to go to business conferences and it was easier to, to, to chat and mix and mingle, but um, there are ways. LinkedIn is a good one um, as well. But I'm also uh, a big fan of just cold calling people. Find an email, reach out, smile and dial, right? Yeah. There's software out there now too. It's called Lucia. Lucia will help you get, get contact information that you weren't able to access before. Yeah, I will. I will say that you know, at the end of the day, if you can find a way to jump the 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 resume sorting algorithms that people use, you're going to have more success. Bottom line, we're social creatures, right? Um, and if you can sell your personality and sell, um, you know, that it is uh, going to be beneficial to work with you through a one-on-one conversation, it's a lot easier to do. I find than uh, trying to trying to prove all that on a piece of paper. Yeah, hire hire for fit and teach the skills. That's kind of my philosophy too. Uh, yeah. So what uh, what are the best resources that have helped you along the way there, Nick, in your journey, your journey's heroes? Yeah, journey. my hero's journey. Honestly, I think everybody should go get a baseline understanding of psychology and um, and and how the human brain works, um, regardless of what industry. Uh, you work in whether you are an employee or you are a uh, like a, a an entrepreneur. You need to uh, understand social dynamics and how they work and where you fit within them and how to uh, how to demonstrate value uh, in a way that people will see and how to are articulate your value. And if you can if you can master those skills, then you know the world will become your oyster. I don't think everybody's going to, you know, be a rock star in that, but I think fundamentally understanding the basics is a really important thing. I also think um, reading the Titans of Industry. If you look into it, they love to read audiobooks all the time, 1.5 speeds, like as fast as you can absorb information, um, you know, the better. Uh, and so, you know, pick a book that's relevant to the industry you want to go into, and 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 just you know dive into it. Knowledge is knowledge is power. I firmly believe that, and um, that is going to be your biggest resource to to getting success. I think um, this isn't really a resource, but it's something people forget as well. But I'm not a fan of struggle porn. I'm not a fan of the uh, you always got to be hustling twenty four seven, giver you know fifty posts a day, you know, or else mentality. I think that's a really great way to expedite yourself to burnout. Um, you need to give yourself permission to rest as well as uh, permission to work. You know, um, you are not a robot, you are a human being. Um, and if you are just so burnt out at the end of the day, um, you're, you're not going to be bringing your best self to the table. Right. And, and that's going to limit you, uh, and the opportunities that come forward in your life. So I just want to put that out there as well. It's technically not a resource, but it's still something really important. (laughs) Never heard that before. Yeah. You still there, Nick? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, good. <laughs> I thought I lost you for a Can second. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. No, no, I'm here. Uh, <laughs> I love this. Um, so if you like, you, you, you know, if you're a doomer and, and that's, you know, this is what this podcast has been about is, you know, talking to myself, you know, five, 10 years ago when I was in more of a doomer sort of mindset, you know, what is as a doomer, what is the best place or the best, the best way to start to becoming a bloomer business life relationships? What's your best advice there, Nick? Uh, so some of the best advice that was ever given to me, uh, was, was teaching me the, the school of thought that there are, uh, four main motivators out there. There's the autonomy, uh, mastery, purpose, and progress. So, Autonomy is like I wake up when I want. I you know I do what I want. I have the freedom to live my life how I so choose. Um, if there is mastery, I want to be the best at something. 
you know, uh, you know, I want to be the number one, you know, uh, there is purpose. So people who find a cause and that really motivates them, whether that's, you know, uh, something like the red cross is probably a great example of, of a group of people really driven by a purpose. Right. Um, and there is progress. So the, uh, feeling that you are moving forward incrementally, that you are advancing. So this is, you know, I started from the bottom. Now I'm here type mentality, right? Um, you know, the, the, the guy who starts as sort of the underdog and becomes the CEO, you know, type of progression. So understand within yourself, what it is that motivates you. Uh, you might say, well, I want money. Well, if you peel back the layers just a little bit more, what you want is autonomy, right? You want the money so that you can do what you want, when you want, how you want, right? Uh, and you can exercise freedom over your life. And the money is the vehicle to make that happen. Um, and everybody's going to have a grab bag of this, right? But understanding which ones are your core motivators and your, and your prime sort of um, the things that resonate most with you will help you to find opportunities that best suit who you are as an individual. Uh, it will help you find passion and, um, and, and help you sort of craft a better lifestyle for yourself, a better work-life balance. Um, and I, I think that is a really crucial step that is often overlooked for people. You know, I think passion and, um, and purpose and all of those things come forward perhaps a little more when you're able to self-analyze yourself a little better. So for me, that was kind of, um, you know, part of the reason of what appealed to me in tech. You know, I understood um, that tech gave me a certain amount of autonomy with my life. Uh, you know, I can work from home. You know, I can, I don't have to show up and grind eight hours of physical labor, right? That autonomy is uh, important to me. And, uh, you know, uh, purpose, you know, something like the load project is, it has a really clear vision about what it wants to achieve. And, you know, that, that clarity of vision is something I really resonate with. So to me, load is a good fit. So, um, understand the, your prime motivators and, and understand what it is that's going to get you up and going in the morning and then, and then start hunting for opportunities that give you those things. I love it. I love it. And it's especially important now, you know, like the, like with COVID, it's been such a disruptor of, you know, regular life, regular work life balance. You know, most people are, you know, working from home now or transition to something different. Uh, it's important to have that. Um, so uh, this is this, I'm going to throw this question back at you. Uh, sure. If you, if you could step into my shoes, if I was your, if, if you were interviewing me or vice versa, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you yet, Nick? I mean, that's a, that's a tricky, that's a tricky question because uh, you ask a lot of really good questions. Um, I try. Yeah, I try. <laughs> yeah. No, you ask a lot of really good questions. So there isn't anything that really comes to mind too quickly. Um, Yeah. I, you know what, I just got to be honest, man. Like you've been, you've been really, really thorough about, you know, why gold and silver, what is this project about? What motivates you? Um, you know, maybe, maybe that is it, you know, uh, maybe I would have asked what motivates you the most, what inspires, what inspires you the most to get up and out and of what bed? Gets, what gets you out of bed in the morning there, Nick? What gets me out of bed in the morning? Um, for me, I'm a really purpose driven person. So I love the idea that what I do every day um, is making an impact on people's lives. That I think that what I am doing is going to change the world or make a change in the world. I think, you know, we have the opportunity to provide stabilized currency to developing nations and to, uh, you know, uh, champion, champion um, people's financial security and i think that's a great cause to have and that honestly uh, being having the opportunity to be on the forefront of something like this and not catch a tailwind of it is right. a once in a lifetime opportunity you know uh i get to play an active role not just be a passerby in this and um and that to me is just the greatest, one of the greatest things in the world, man. And I hope, I hope 
that uh, that the doomers out there in hearing that uh, can understand that, you know, uh, I didn't always have that. You know, I was a doomer at one point as well. And that you can, those opportunities out there are out, are out there and you can make that change. You know, I, is, you know, you've ever heard the whole soulmates metaphor, like there's somebody out there for everybody. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that, but I do believe that there are opportunities for your life out there uh, and you, and you, and they're waiting for you to find them. Yeah. They're like, like gold and silver. Like gold, like gold and silver for me, for me, it was cryptocurrencies and gold and silver, but you know, for, for, for other people, it's going to be something else, you know, maybe, maybe something that has a more immediate indirect impact, you know, and that's all well and good, right? It takes all types to make a world. Absolutely. All right. Uh, on that note, uh, if you want, if people want to get involved, uh, or want to connect with you online, uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you on your online? Sure. So we got a couple of websites. If you're interested in the mobile app, you can head over to loadpay.com, L-O-D-E-P-A-Y.com, or head over to load.one, that's L-O-D-E dot one, uh, O-N-E, um, to take a look at the load project and what we're up to and get the full picture, read project papers. You can create an account in like 30 seconds. So it really takes nothing to get started. If you want to if you want to chat, chat with me directly, you can join our Telegram channel. Uh, and we can we can have debates on any number of subjects as you like. We're a very friendly community, active in over 100 different countries. Uh, on social media, you can find us at Lobepay Media in most circumstances. And my personal tw- Twitter is at Nicholas Proud. Excellent. I'll be following you there. And I think I'm going to be signing up to your Telegram group as well. Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's just about time for me to start my own Telegram Telegram group, to be honest with you. <laughs> hey, now, now's a good time now's a good time we'll see you in there it's yeah, been, uh, uh, go ahead yeah no i just uh i i loved our i loved our conversation uh it's got me thinking more about the crypto space again like it nothing's really really piqued my interest or curiosity in the last little while but this has really you know got my got my curiosity so Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciated your your candor. <laughs> Good word. Good and, use of the uh, word candor. Yeah, I uh, yeah. Um, any any closing thoughts? Um, no, I just want to say that if you haven't started thinking about a digital sa- uh, strategy, now is the time to do it for your for your wealth. Um, I do think we're in the middle of one of the biggest wealth generation opportunities in our lifetime, and I want you guys along for the ride with us. Right. So, um, hope you, hope you reach out to us in the near future and it's been an absolute, absolute pleasure joining you. Will. all right. This has been the Doomer Bloomer podcast with Will S. Uh, as always, you can reach us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter at Doomer podcast and, uh, have yourself a great and prosperous day guys. Thanks. We'll